from coast to coast and around the globe. Welcome to We Live on a Planet. I'm your host, Patrick. Thank you so much for stopping over this Thursday, February 24th, 2022, in case you are listening today. Today's episode is numbered 536, and I'm titling this one, Inside Your Head. We have a snowstorm coming here in central New York, right in the beautiful city of Oswego. Probably about 99% of the snow is gone, but it's coming. Temperatures right now in the fine city of Oswego, right on the cool lake shores of Lake Ontario, is 15 degrees Fahrenheit. Feels like two. Highs are going to be about 23 degrees Fahrenheit, and the winds are out of the north, 10 miles per hour. When we come back, we'll dive into our quote and much, much more. I'm glad you found me. Get comfy. We'll be right back. Thanks for coming back. I'm happy you're here. All right, here we go with our quote to start off Thursday's show, episode 536. You spend most of your life inside your head. Make it a nice place to be. Unknown author. You spend most of your life inside of your head. Make it a nice place to be. How true is that? We do. We. Uh, I know I do. I spend a lot of a lot of time in my head, and most of us do. And we ruminate or think about the future or the past or what we could have done. Or you know, I was seeing something about grudges and holding grudges and how it can weigh you down, even in the sense of where somebody who's holding a grudge and somebody who's not, when they have them jumping, the person who's holding the grudge can't jump as high off the ground as the one that doesn't hold the grudge. It's crazy how things can be like that, that can weigh us down. And uh, our mind is a crazy thing. It's the only organ that named itself the brain. And that's pretty amazing. Not only did it name itself, it named everything else. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, winter is not over. Winter is not over here in central New York. And it looks like we're going to be getting 8 to 10 inches today until Friday. Ugh. But like I said at the beginning of the show, we are... Like 99% of the snow is gone. The only snow that's left is snow banks. Um, and they're not even that high right now. We've had some cool or some nice warm days and it's done a lot of snow melt. So like my backyard, there's no snow. And uh, at the end of my driveway, I have 
banks from where I shoveled, but they're not very high. So when the snow does come, it will be like a fresh snow for the season. We're starting off fresh. Is there any, you know, silver linings? I'm trying to think about it. Jumping topics, homemade cream horns. Yummy. What's a cream horn? It's like a puff pastry wrapped around a mold that makes like a horn shape, and then you fill it with homemade whipped cream. My wife made some yesterday when we were out visiting our oldest daughter, Bethany, and it was, oh, they're, they're so good. I would like to have, I like cannoli filling, but I'm not a fan of the cannoli shell. But I like the puff pastry um, consistency with the cream filling, the cream horns. And my wife has molds besides the molds to make the cream horn. She has molds to make cannoli shells. And so I was like saying to her, how about if you wrap, wrap puff pastry around the cannoli form and then we can fill the puff pastry full of cannoli filling. And so it's not a traditional cannoli, but you're getting the filling. I, I don't know. I just like, it's rich though, cannoli filling. You can only eat so much of it. Whereas cream horn that you can eat quite a few of those because it's just light, nice, homemade whipped cream. There's nothing like homemade whipped cream. It just tastes so dang good. But yeah, it was nice visiting with my oldest daughter, Bethany, and uh, I'm going to be having her on as a guest really shortly on the show because we have a lot to talk about. She has just been found out. Uh, she was diagnosed late in life. She's 35 years old right now, and she was just diagnosed as having um, autism, and it surprised everybody um, except for her. She knew there was something that was kind of different or going on with her and uh i'm gonna have her on and we're gonna talk all about autism and autism in women autism in being diagnosed later on in life and autism usually we tend to think of as young white boys and those are most of the studies are done that way and so there hasn't been many studies done on girls with autism, especially adults. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having her on the show so we can educate ourselves and I can get more educated about uh, autism in adults. All right, stick around. When we come back, we're going to ramble a little bit more. We'll be right back. Sprinkle that all over and bring us right back magically. Yeah, so that would be nice. Talking to my daughter, like I said. Okay, so what else was I going to talk about? Oh, um, one of my buddies, Radio Mylar, who is co-creator, co-host of Canadian Politics is Boring, and used to have a podcast called Oh, What a Glorious Morning. And uh, he's a a listener he calls in uh, and somebody I consider a friend and he's very supportive of me and I'm thankful. And he gave me a homework assignment about the battle between Sega 
and Nintendo in the late 80s, early 90s. And um, I remember it well. I remember the battle between the consoles and I remember the uprising of video games and then the downfall of arcades because people started being able to have their systems at their house that had the graphics, the same graphics basically almost that you would get at a computer or a coin-operated video game. And uh, so I did a little bit of research for my buddy Jesse, and I wanted to uh, share along that with you. I found two things on Sega. One of the things I found was Sega was founded in April 1951 in Honolulu, Hawaii. And then when I um, did a little more research, I found it's really said June of 1960. So there's like a nine-year gap there that's their 10-year gap that's different and um i did a little bit more research on that we'll talk about that in a minute but nintendo guess what year nintendo was founded yeah that's a pretty good guess but believe it or not it was founded in 1889 18 yeah 1889's nintendo and if you're like Patrick, there were not video games in 1889. You're correct, sir and madam. Um, but they started out making handmade cards, playing cards. I found that fascinating how old Nintendo is. That's just uh, remarkable to me. You know, in the video game industry, a console war describes a competition between two or more video game console manufacturers and trying to achieve better consumer sales through more advanced console technology and improved sections of video games and generally marketing around their console, consoles. While console manufacturers are generally always trying to outperform other manufacturers in sales, these console Council wars engaged in more direct tactics to compare their offerings directly against their competitors or to disparage the competitor in contrast to their own. And thus, the marketing efforts have tended to escalate in back-and-forth pushes. While there have been many council wars to date, the term became popular between Sega and Nintendo in the late 1980s and early 1990s, as Sega attempted to break into the United States video game market with its Sega Genesis console. Through a novel marketing approach and improved hardware, Sega had been able to gain a majority of the market within three years from launch that had been dominated by Nintendo. And I remember one of the slogans for Nintendo was, Nintendo, now you're playing with power. So like I said, Nintendo, though, it's a Japanese multinational video game company headquarters in Kyoto, Japan. It develops video games and video game consoles. Um, but it was founded in 1889 as Nintendo... Karuta, 
and originally produced handmade Hannaford playing cards and ventured into various lines of businesses during the 1960s and required legal statuses and acquiring a legal status as a public company. Nintendo distributed its first console called the Color TV Game in 1977. It gained international recognition with the release of Donkey Kong in 1981 and then then the Nintendo Entertainment System and Super Mario Brothers in 1985. But since then, Nintendo has produced some of the most successful consoles in video game industries, such as the Game Boy, Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the Nintendo DS, the Wii, and the Switch. And so many characters, Mario, Donkey Kong, The Legend of Zelda, Pokemon, Kirby, Metroid, Animal Crossing, Star Fox, and Smash Brothers, many more. But I just thought that was fascinating to know that that company started so long ago. And uh, the Sega Corporation is a Japanese multinational video game and entertainment company headquarters in Shanghua, Tokyo. Its international branches, branches, Sega of America and Sega Europe, are headquarters in Irvine, California and London. Its division for the development of both arcade games and home video games, Sega Games, is has existed in its current states since 2020. From 2015 to that point, the two had made up separate entities known as Sega Games and Sega Interactive Company LTD. Sega is a subsidiary of Sega Group Corporation, a part of Sega Sammy Holdings. From 1983 until 2001, Sega also developed video game consoles. Like I was saying earlier, the Sega Genesis. But yeah, um, the the console wars, I remember. And the I remember when the Sega came out it had um some more power than the nintendo and then the super nintendo came out and yeah it's interesting to me i don't know why i just like to learn new things so thank you we'll be right back I want to thank my good mate. I said earlier I shouted out Canadian politics is boring, but I want to thank uh, Radio Mylar once again for shouting out my wife's website on their most recent podcast. And uh, they talked about small businesses, and um, uh, they talked about all kinds of things, but they shouted out her website like three or four times. So thank you so much, Mylar. If you go to WLOAP.com, which is my website, I put up a link to my wife's page on my page. 
And from there, you can just tap a button and it'll bring you right to her page. And because uh, her URL is quite long and she is getting a shorter website name soon. But for the meantime, easy way to find it is just to head on over to WLOAP.com. You will, uh, it's right on the home page and you will see a link about her artwork. You tap that and it will open up her website. Oh, my foot is doing a lot better. Update on my foot woes. I was going to see a podiatrist every two weeks. And um, my last appointment, my foot is just come leaps and bounds. Didn't have to have any acid put on um, my callus that was being removed on the bottom of my foot, which was like a planner's warp, but it was a callus. And I kept having to have acid put on it, and then it wrapped and keep it wrapped for three days with this acid on my skin. Just, oh, it's terrible. And But, yeah, my foot's looking good. He, the doctor said he wants to see me in a month now instead of every two weeks, so that would be good. I have an upcoming appointment with my head doctor the first of the month, too because she added a new med for me for sleeping because I wasn't sleeping or haven't been sleeping very well. But these past couple days, oh man, I don't know what it is, but I got one night um, almost a full hour, eight hours of sleep, which felt so good, which is very, very rare for me to be able to sleep all night long. And so that felt good. All right, I wanted to open up, because uh, I forgot to do it last time, um, Did You Know? Because I thought the Did You Know series that I did was kind of fun, besides doing the History Channel and the Fact Site. But um, did you know this can save your life? So this is kind of important. And uh, my wife and I, we need to, we need to practice this because we don't do it. But did you know sleeping with your bedroom door closed could help you survive a house fire? While open door rooms can reach 1,000 plus degrees Fahrenheit, having your door closed can keep the temperature in your room below 100 degrees. Limit your carbon monoxide exposure and reduce smoke inhalation. So yeah, that's kind of like our Thursday safety tip <laughs> is um, close your doors when you're going to sleep, I guess. It's the safest. And we're, we're, we're guilty of not doing it because we don't have in our bedroom a heat duct we have one right outside our bedroom door a heat vent so when we close our bedroom in the winter time and if you keep it closed it's chilly in there it gets cold which some people you know hey they they're like i need a chilly room to sleep in and i i don't mind having a little chill to a room but i don't want to be as soon as i walk into the room have my back hurt because i'm tense you know that when you get so cold, you get tense, and next thing you know, your muscles are, you're like, oh, I'm holding myself differently. 
Mm. Yeah. All right, stick around. We're going to ramble a little bit more. We'll be right back. Boom. Bam. Pow. Kerplam. We're back. All right. Let's get some wrinkles on that gray matter of ours. A little neuroplasticity. You know, the brain is always learning. We think that once you hit a certain age that you stop learning, but new studies with neuroplasticity and everything is we can you can teach an old dog new tricks. We can learn as we get older and to keep our brains alert, learning new skills can help with early onset dementia and other things like that. And I'm way off topic because I'm at the History Channel's website. And we're going to talk about a little bit of uh, what happened on this day of history. All right, this day of history on February 24th, 1836 in San Antonio, Texas. Colonel William Travis issues a call for help on behalf of the Texan troops defending the Alamo, an old Spanish mission and fortress under siege by the Mexican army. Remember the Alamo. We, uh, when my daughter graduated, my oldest daughter graduated from the Air Force, we were going to go check out the uh, Alamo, but we didn't. We went to uh, the Riverwalk and then did a couple other things, so we didn't check that out. Maybe someday. All right. Scrolling along. U.S. government, 1988 Supreme Court defends right to satires public to satire public figures. The U.S. Supreme Court votes eight to zero to overturn the 200,000 settlement awarded to the Reverend Jerry Farwell for his emotional distress at being parodied in Hustler, a pornographic magazine. In 1983, Hustler ran a piece parodying Farewell's first sexual experience as a drunken, where is it, I'm opening it up, as a drunken, insidious childhood encounter with his mother. In an outhouse. <laughs> oh boy, Larry Flint. Speaking of Hustler and uh, Larry Flint, have you heard there's a new show called Playboy? Secrets of the Playboy Mansions or just Playboy behind the scenes? I think it's on History Channel or something. My wife and I have been watching it. It's interesting. I'll tell you, Hugh Hefner was twisted. And, um,. I believe the stories from the former Playboy bunnies, from what they're saying about some of the antics that went on at the Playboy Mansion throughout the years, is very cult-like to me. All right, what else? Moving along, it just it brought me out because I was thinking Larry Flint. And I was speaking of Larry Flint, good movie, The People versus Larry Flint. 
Woody Harrelson plays Larry Flint, and that's a good movie. Um, all right. Vietnam War in 1968, the Tet Offensive halted. Um, 1868, President Andrew Johnson is impeached. Middle East, 1991, the Gulf War ground offensive begins. And I think that's it. This day of history. There's probably a little bit more. But uh we got the gist some. We were getting a little bit of got a little bit of wrinkle on our brain. We'll be right back. Groovy. All right, we are at the fact site and we're going to learn a couple facts about dragonflies why not dragonflies are pretty neat the wings of a dragonfly are so powerful they're able to fly at speeds of up to 22 to 34 miles per hour they're zooming just over 350 million years ago Dragonflies first started to zip around ponds, marshes, and other bodies of water. This prehistoric insect belongs to the Odontia family, along with their closely related cousin insects, the damselflies. There are over three hundred or three thousand, excuse me, there are over three thousand known dragonfly species living on nearly every continent in the world. Uh, okay, so number one, damselflies are often confused with dragonflies. The Odontia family of insects only has two main species, the dragonfly and damselfly. Most people would confuse the two at first glance, as they are very similar in appearance as a whole. The key to identifying them is their wings. A dragonfly has four wings, while a damselfly has only two. So that's easy to remember. When a dragonfly rests, they spread their wings out horizontally, whereas damselflies tuck their wings in against their bodies. Uh, other, another indicator is their eyes. All damselfly eyes are separate, while most dragonflies eyes are together wow dragonflies are older than dinosaurs if you were to go back about 300 million years ago you'd likely come face to face with the ancestor of dragonflies the mega estopiera sometimes referred to as griffin flies this long-existing relation of the dragonfly lived from 323 million to 250 million year BC during the Paleozoic era. The vast majority of griffin flies were a similar size to their modern cousin. However, one species called the Megotopus 
would most likely scare the living daylights out of you if you were to encounter it. The clue to its name is the Megatopus grew to an alarming size with a wingspan of up to 28 inches. That's 70 centimeters. Dragonflies can be found worldwide, so they're all over the world. Dragonfly larvae live underwater, just much like a mosquito larvae. Dragonflies are incredibly skilled in flight. They, uh, they can move in any direction. Yes, they can even fly backwards, and they are capable of changing direction at an instant, almost pivoting on the spot. Hmm. All right. I was telling you how fast they can fly. There is an old report of an Australian species called the Southern Giant Darner that could reach speeds up to 60 miles per hour or 97 kilometers. Wow. Although these reports aren't held to be true, as their speed has not been recorded since 1917. So that's probably a far-fetched, maybe a little too fast. Dragonflies can control all four wings independently. Pretty groovy. Dragonflies are some of the most efficient hunters in the world. Hmm. They are able to catch up to 95% of all the prey they choose to hunt. That's amazing. When they do catch something, they immobilize it by biting its head. Then they usually perch somewhere and enjoy their meal on the spot, but they can also eat while on the move. Dragonflies are calculated killers. Like I said, they, they're 95% rate, but they... Uh, They intercept their quarry. While hunting, dragonflies don't simply hunt down an insect by tracking its movement and not wing it. Instead, they do something quite similar to what we as humans are capable of. They intercept their quarry. To do this, they have, the ca ca they have to calculate not only the speed that their prey is going, but also where it's going, to, where it's going and how far away it is. They're capable of doing this in microseconds. And zoom off to where they prey is going to be, not where it is. Interesting. All right, there's a lot more stuff about dragonflies. I encourage you to go over to the fact site and dive in. We'll be right back. Thank you for coming back. Let's do something new and different. And last time I talked to you, I thought about possibly doing it and uh, I'm not a trained in any way in any meditation uh, I've never taken any classes of teaching people how to meditate or breathing or anything like that but um, I've done it myself enough I've meditated and I thought why not give it a go and try to see what I can offer 
you and myself in this little exercise of breathing. So I thought I would just start out by adding some gentle music to kind of slow us down. You can either concentrate on the music, let the music go, let it be part of you, however it is for you. But I want you to find a comfortable spot where you're not going to be too distracted. Once you get there, try to sit upright as possible, trying to keep your shoulders back and your spine aligned, and simply start breathing in through the nose. and out from the mouth, letting everything go, and concentrate about that breath when you once again breathe in through the nose, and out through the mouth, letting everything go once again, concentrating on your breath. If thoughts come in, let those thoughts come in and then let them go as quickly as they came and go back to your breath and concentrate on that. It's okay when you meditate to have thoughts come in. That's part of meditation. There's no right or wrong way to meditate. You can either do it with your eyes open or your eyes closed. It's all about trying to be in the moment and concentrating on breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth, letting everything go. Don't hang on to it. Don't hold grudges, not even against yourself. Forgive yourself. I said earlier, you spend most of your life inside your head. Make it a nice place to be. Once again, we're going to be concentrating on the breath. And you can do this breath however it's comfortable for you. At an even flow, an even pace. You might even find the more you concentrate on the breath of breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. That it becomes slower, more controlled. Those thoughts that keep coming Let them come, acknowledge them, and then let them go. Letting anything go that might weigh you down or pull you back. 
of your true intentions of what you want. Be generous to yourself. Love yourself. Once again, we're going to be breathing in through the nose. And out through the mouth. Letting it all go. Concentrating on the breath and being right here, right now, in the moment. All right. How you feeling? Was it okay? Were you participating? Hopefully. Hopefully you got something out of that. It was my first go at um, trying to do a guided meditation. Never done it before. And, uh, yeah, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the encouragement you give me. I'm thankful for the support you give me. I'm thankful for your most valuable gift you could ever give me, which is your time. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. And I think that wraps it up. Please do your best to be curious and not judgmental. And I'll talk to you again real soon, my friends. Peace.